Blog Talk Radio. Two, you. 
it wasn't for you, this show wouldn't mean anything. It'd just be me blabbering away. I do that whether there's a show or not. Anybody who knows me knows I don't stop talking very often or for very long. But the fact that we've put this show together and arranged it in such a way that it can be shared and and, and archived and uh, listened to and gone back and listened to again, if there was something that you thought was kind of interesting or important, um, makes it powerful. The power of one. We're going to talk about that power of one. The show is an example of the power of one. There are a few people that have gotten together to create the show, but ultimately there's one show. Um, I would like it today if you could call in and tell me what you think, two things you could do. One is you could make a decision that you want to do something. And it could very well be that you're already doing something, but you could decide you want to do another thing. It could be that you're doing a lot of things and you decide that you want to still do yet another thing. Call in, and I'll give you something to do if you don't know what to do. Two is you can share with us that thing that you're doing, the thing that you're doing that changes the world, how you are exercising your power of one. I encourage you all to call in 646-929-2495 if you're already sitting on the line because I have a bunch of people on the line, but none of them have anything to say as far as I know. All of them generally do have things to say. So if any of you are on the line listening right now and decide that you have something you want to say, you want to share some of your thoughts and ideas and add to this show, talking about your way of seeing your power of one. Hang up. Call back. We've got Becca. She is um, demonstrating the power of one. Now, Becca is an amazing person. I've worked with a lot of people in my life, and we're going to talk about integrity and, and being truthful, but very few people have I worked with. For the length of time that I've worked with Becca and had somebody that was consistent and stable and had integrity and did what they said for a period of time, significant period of time, and, and has even come to be in a place that I actually count on. And that's, that's a very small list of folks. Anybody who knows me knows I don't count on very many people for very many things because generally most people will let you down if given the opportunity. Um, but Becca is somebody that I have come to count on for a number of things. And screening this show is one of them. The show is is pretty much done by three people, as it is right now. Um, and four counting all of you, the guests. So I am the host who just blathers on. Um, to me, it's easy. I don't even need a script or anything like that. I just talk. Sometimes it's interesting. Sometimes it's not, but I can do that forever. And then we need a screener, somebody who um, can take the calls that come in and ask them a couple of questions. So I put up a couple of notes so that I can see, are they here to, who are they, first of all? Are they here to listen? Or are they here to share something? And um, sometimes the screener will pop on and be a guest as well. And then we have Bobby who sits in the background, and he has put together uh, the way that this show is being transmitted. So it's put together on one platform where we're recording it, and then it's being shared in a certain way to a number of other platforms. And we've tried a few different things. And today I think we're going out to Facebook first. Last week we went out to YouTube first. Uh, we're learning, sharing, growing, changing the way we're doing it. So today is an interactive show, I hope. I'd love to have you your thoughts on what you are doing or what you can do or what you're willing to do or whatever you've got to say about it all. All right, so let's get started. First of all, I want to read a little thing from Craig. Craig will not be joining us today because he's on lockdown. And Craig sent me a small um, message on Coralinks. And those of you who 
know or don't know, CoreLinks is a Bureau of Prisons email system that the inmates generally have access to. And if you've ever been part of the Human Solution International um, Prison Outreach Program, you likely have connected with some inmates through CoreLinks. And it's essentially the same as an email, but a lot of times it'll have a day or so lag between the time that you send something, the time that they get it, and the time that they receive it. But sometimes it's much quicker than that. Anyways, this came today at 1021 in the morning, and it's out of lockdown. Hi, Joe. The entire Bureau of Prisons is on lockdown for at least 14 days. We can get out for one hour per day to shower, email, or phone. This is my hour, so I won't be able to phone today or next week, and the future is unknown. Great. So I want to talk about that for a second, because um, any of you who know me and know this show, I've been doing this show for, I don't know, six or seven years now. It's been a minute. And there's been good times and bad times on this show. There's been times when we've had a lot of people involved and people helping me to produce the show and people bringing in guests and lots of good guests. And there's been other times where there's been seemingly very little interest. Well, we talk about grit. I've got it. I'll keep showing up one way or the other. And one of the reasons that I keep showing up doing this show is for Craig. Craig and I have been friends for a lot of years, and um, once I started doing this show and, and gave him an opportunity to call in, he's taken advantage of it every time he could. And every time that he's been able to call in, he has called in, and he has said, um, how important it is that we're out there. He thanks us for bringing a light into a dark place. He thanks us for caring, not forgetting him. He thanks us for uh, giving him an opportunity to speak and share his thoughts and ideas. And he knows that when he's been in trouble, he's had health problems, he's had all kinds of issues and problems, that we've been there for him. We've responded, we've called, we've done what we could do. And now it's one of those times. I've only been doing this show for seven years. Really, most of the people that I know and do business with um, don't remember that. So um, this is one of those things that gets in my way. People that don't pay attention, people that don't care, don't think. And that's what we're here to overcome. Anyways. The fact that Craig's not here this week and he won't be here next week and he might not be here the week after that, and hopefully he's going to stay safe and sound where he's at, uh, is disheartening. I don't know if he's able to get mail right now, but if you um, are able to and you can see this, and hopefully it's not... You're not looking at it the way I'm looking at it because it looks like it's showing up backwards here. But Craig Cecil, number 52948-019, FCI, Terre Haute, T-E-R-R-E-H-A-U-T-E, P.O. Box 33, Terre Haute, Indiana, also spelled T-E-R-R-E-H-A-U-T-E. Indiana 47808. If you didn't catch that, you can rewind it. You can send him a letter. I don't believe you can send a card um, because people put drugs on cards and the BOP finally caught on to that. So, anyways, um, if you want to send me a message, Or Craig, I will do that. Many of you have done that before and sent me messages, things that you want uh, Craig to know. Just a positive word. Uh, you can email me. You can 
put it in my Facebook wherever I'm easily accessible. Um, you can send it to the Human Solution International, thsintl.org, and put it in the contact us email. Uh, just say this is something I want to get to Craig Cecil. And the other person I have access to right now is Michael Thompson. Uh, Michael Thompson has been uh, locked up for a long time. We've been talking about him for a long time. He's been going through some serious issues health-wise for a while now. Um, he's right on the edge of getting out. He's still locked up, and um, I have access to a GPA account that can connect with him. So if you've got anything that you'd like to say to Michael Thompson or Craig Cecil, those are the two inmates I'm closest to the closest Close, closest connected to, I guess that's maybe the best word. I'm usually pretty good with words. That one stumbled me for a moment. Um, and that's something that you could do. Power of one. What can I do? Well, we've got all these people that are being told to stay home right now. We've got businesses being told to close. We've got all kinds of things happening right now that are scary monsters. We've got people dying, people getting sick. We've got all kinds of, of crazy stuff happening. We've got shortages of masks and gloves and toilet paper and paper towels and all kinds of crazy stuff. Can't find beans and rice at Costco today. We'll get through it. We've been through worse. There have been plagues and famines that have ravaged humanity over the centuries that make this seem like nothing. Our lives are better than they've ever been. And the things that we have at risk are much less than they've ever been. So we will get through this. But imagine, imagine if you were locked up right now. Imagine if you were incarcerated. Imagine if you were told that you don't get to go out but went for one hour a day to take care of any business you might have. Maybe to see a little sunlight, maybe to take a shower, do some laundry, whatever. Phone call. One hour a day. That'd be an awful fast hour, wouldn't it? How many of us that have 24 hours of every day are running around like crazy people, always busy, 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 never have time? We're always too busy to do things. I know I'm one of them. But I do take time to just do nothing. And that's part of the reason why I'm so busy when I'm not doing nothing. But imagine if you had one hour to do everything that you needed to do. And at the same time, you were in a place where the air circulation wasn't that great, where the heating and cooling wasn't that great, where the food wasn't that great, where the water wasn't that great, where they didn't clean the place all that great, and where if somebody got sick and it started spreading around, it would be likely to take off like wildfire. That would be a scary monster. That wouldn't be cool. But that's what every inmate today right now is dealing with. And imagine, you know, I'm not talking about you you raped and murdered and pillaged and burnt down your, your neighbors. I'm talking about somebody who got locked up for a nonviolent offense, a victimless crime. You committed a crime that was a statutory crime. Arbitrarily, somewhere, somewhere down the line, somebody passed the law, said that that thing you did, you can't do. It doesn't hurt anybody. It doesn't even hurt you but you can't do it because they said so. And you did it, and you got caught, and you got convicted, and now you're serving prison. For this thing that you did that didn't hurt anybody. And now you're in this place that's dangerous. It's actually a dangerous place through no fault of your own in the sense of you didn't hurt anybody to get there. And you got this looming. And generally, most people that are incarcerated have, at very least, a much less connection to loved ones. 
at very least. Many, if not most, find themselves completely disconnected from loved ones. Family members leave, friends leave, spouses leave, children leave after about six or seven years as a rule. doesn't always happen. Good ones will stick around, but you'll find as you go through life, there are few of them. Few good people out there. Power of one. You could be one of those good people. So anyways, if you're interested, if you care, if you're willing, if you've never talked to these guys before, but you just have something that you'd like to say, share it with me. You can send me a personal email at grumbinejoe at gmail.com. That's G-R-U-M-B-I-N-E-J-O-E at gmail.com. <coughs> Excuse me. That is not COVID-19. That is allergies. I've had them all my life. All right. So we're going to talk to Dana Bland here, and uh, Dana's going to talk to us about the power of one, what one person can do, and then we're going to continue on. Down the road, it is 521. We've got lots of time left, and we will continue on. Dana Bland is the chapter coordinator of the Hope for Change and the End of Prohibition chapter out of Missouri, and uh, has been actively supporting defendants uh, for a while now. He was a defendant and fought for himself. These are both things that you can do as an individual. Uh, one person can do this. Dana Bland, welcome to the show. How are you doing today? Oh, we're doing pretty good today. Uh, uh, still a lot of action going on here in Missouri. Uh, looks like our governor just don't want to agree with anybody. Uh, he 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 went out and said he ain't gonna let any prisoners out of jail here in Missouri, and they're still arresting people that are illegal card holders for growing marijuana. So it's not over, and it looks like they're trying to ramp up the war on drugs there in Washington, from what I've seen today. But everybody out there, don't give up this cause because of this virus. Uh, that that would just lay right in the laps to all the prohibitionists out there. We need to keep the fight up and stay loud because, you know, this virus is going to come and go, but, but our chances to take and get legal is not. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that uh, one of the things that we need to remember um, as we're organizing and, and, and rallying people is that I've, I've noticed a big drop-off in some groups of people, and I've actually noticed uh, an increase of support by other groups. And, um, you know, this is a time that people have to get their priorities together, do a little spring cleaning, um, put your thoughts together, get caught up on your writing and bills and whatever it is you need to get caught up on. But at the end of the day, um, you're not going to be able to do lots of things that we generally spend our time doing. So what if, what if we decided to put some of that time into helping a cause and helping to end prohibition might be a good one. Helping to support those victims of the drug war might be a good one. So certainly now is a good time to get involved. Yeah, we we can't stop the fight because they're not going to stop the fight. They're using this carnivorous virus to take and get what they want. And like uh, the the uh, adult use in this state is pretty much dead because they they would have had the signatures, but between the virus and then they redistrict everything, so it made those signatures worth nothing. And uh, I mean, the first thing he did was close up the CBD shop saying they were not medically necessary. And that is a lie. And, uh, I mean, it saved my life. Uh, but we have a lot of work to do, and this world seems to be falling apart. But we can't take and forget the goals that we have set, and we can't forget the path that we're on that we have to take and fight to get our freedom. And if we let up a little bit, they're going to take a lot. Yeah, I totally agree. I just saw an article today about uh, they're calling them uh, COVID-19 um, dictators. And a number of world leaders have taken uh, advantage of this, I don't know, weakened state of humanity, and they're, they're shoring up their power. 
they're 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 creating a situation where the checks and balances that might have held them from doing certain things have been removed in the name of safety, public safety, and uh, there's all kinds of uh, power shifting right now by some ambitious uh, uh, despots out there, and that's the same things happening, you know, in local government. You know, you look and you see um, a governor telling everybody that you have to do a certain thing. I'm not saying it's a good thing or a bad thing. I'm not interjecting my opinion into this. I think that generally I think people are doing the right thing. People are on their own isolating themselves and taking precautions to not subject themselves to uh, lots of other people who they don't know where they've been. And I think on their own, um, without the need for mandates and, um, you know, potential uh, personal issues that come from being in the wrong place at the wrong time. Um, so we'll see what happens, but certainly uh, there are people taking advantage of the situation. There are government agencies taking advantage of the situation. We have, um, you know, prosecutors, judges, law enforcement officials uh, that have resources to do with as they see fit. Now, if I heard tale of, of a cannabis raid going on today, I would suggest to that person being raided, start coughing. You get pulled over, start coughing. You know, they don't want to be around you. Uh, it wouldn't make a whole lot of sense right now for, for uh, a law enforcement official to be doing anything other than helping right now. If there's ever a time when these guys better be serving and protecting, today is it. They better be serving and protecting or I'm going to have an issue with it. And uh, we all should have an issue with it. And we'll get to the walk for change and, and, and what we should have an issue with uh, as we get into the show. But certainly um, Dana's advice is, is very sound. Um, let's not forget. Let's, let's not get lost in fear. You know, be safe. Take care of yourself. Take care of your family. You know, think about that and think about them. But meanwhile... Don't let anybody run ramshot over your rights just because of this weakness in uh, humanity right now. That's for sure. Yeah, I heard today that, you know, everybody, a lot of people would say, oh, that ain't going to happen. It can't happen. Well, if it's happening with our government, it can watch. As, well, as long as you have a, a phone on you these days, uh, and most phones have got GPSs in them. The government's watching you and how you're moving and where you're going and if you're breaking the rules. And they admitted that on TV today from the press release from the when the president and them were talking. And, uh, yeah, that that's disturbing <laughs> to me. Uh, but, yeah, it, it could get a lot worse and a lot harder, and, but we still can't lose the fact that we need to keep our fight going and I know we're trying to stay safe and everything because, in my opinion, this virus is, uh, was made up. It wasn't a natural thing, as far as I'm concerned, from China. And uh, But they're not going to say that in public because it would panic everybody. Uh, but uh, we, we just stay safe and, uh, you know, try to do what the CBD is saying as far as keeping the distance. But they, you'd think that they would be going to do everything they could to try to producing our treatments, but they won't even come talk about cannabis or CBD on how it could protect you from getting sick. And, uh, you know, we got to change that. <laughs> well, just remember, you got pharmaceutical companies spending billions of dollars right now trying to be the first one. Uh, to get that magic bullet so they can sell it to all of us at 100 times what it costs to produce for thousands of times. Uh, and there's a whole lot of money to be made in this. So, um, you know, don't ever underestimate uh, the the driving force of these things. Um, and I think it's important right now we have that opportunity to share information for free. It doesn't cost us but a annual subscription um, or maybe a couple of subscriptions to be able to do this. Um, but the information's out there, you know, CBD, cannabis, number of natural um, compounds can boost your immune system. 
gargle with salt water, you know, go into a hot place, take a sauna. Um, there's a lot of ways that you can wash the hell out of your hands, take a shower. You know, these are all things that you can do to to uh, protect yourself and, and strengthen yourself and uh, keep yourself healthy. Um, you may not need to go and get some fancy drug that the pharma companies end up coming up with sometime sooner or later and make it another billion dollars. You know, they lost a chunk on the opiates as the lawsuits started coming down. Notice nobody's talking about that anymore. Um, I still wonder how many people died last month from opiate overdoses. Bet you there was a bunch. I bet you there was probably more than died from COVID-19. But you're not going to hear about it. Um, and, and again, I'm not diminishing anything that's happening out here. I'm not, you know, I don't know how it started or, or, or if it's natural or unnatural to me. I don't know that we're ever going to know. But the point is, it's here. It's doing some things. And yet, we're reacting because of not only those things that it's doing, but what we're being told. And I think that's where everything gets sideways. And I hope, I hope, I hope that if the government pushes too hard, that we're going to be willing to push back. You know, that's the thing that, that, that makes this country in particular um, possibly capable of being as great as it could be, is that we're sometimes willing to push back when the government pushes on us. Other countries have been doing that most recently, and it can work. When the people aren't willing to be pushed, the government becomes powerless. And uh, they got lots of guns, and they got lots of people, and they got lots of money, but there's way more of us. And if we all say, nah, they have to listen. They have to listen. And so, you know, it all comes down to our will. It all comes down to our willingness. And hopefully, um, you know, we're all going to do the right thing. That's, that's what I can hope. Well, Dana, I appreciate you coming on as always. And um, as always, if somebody wants to get involved with the Human Solution International and the Hope for Change and the End of Prohibition chapter in Missouri, how do they get a hold of you? Well, you can get a hold of me right here on Facebook. I got several pages. It's Hope for Change, the End of Prohibition, the Human Solutions International chapter, Court Support here in Southwest Missouri, which we've been all over Missouri and everywhere else around here. But uh, my number is 417-847-7974. Stay safe. And if you got parents or or folks or friends or people you know that are over 60 years old and you're young and you're fairly safe, get out there and help them. Buy their groceries. Do anything. They don't need to be out right now. Uh, But that's what I got to say. And, And everybody just keep the fight going. That is good and sound advice, and I appreciate it, Dana. And as always, uh, you and your lovely wife, be safe and uh, continue, um, you know, being our strong allies. All right, Dana Bland, folks. Um, and if you have something that you want to share with us, pick up your phone and dial 646-929-2495. And, um, you know, we're actually making great time. We're about halfway through the show, and uh, we've We've got lots of time and lots, lots to talk about. All right, so we're going to continue on. We're going to be talking about the power of one. What one thing, what, what is one thing that you can do to make a difference? You know, I'm going to start with, with a thing that everything comes from, every single thing. Look around you. Every item that you see, I look and I see a computer and I see a, a, a styrofoam cup. With some coffee in it, I see a, a brochure, a gavel, a microphone. I see walls with paint on them and texture. I see a whiteboard, a, a backdrop, a coffee pot. I just see all kinds of things. And each one of those things has something in common. And that thing in common is one thing that you can do. They all came from a thought. Each and everything that you see that was created, at one point, somebody thought to themselves, you know, I think I can do this. 
or I think we need this, or I think this could be something that we could make. That's where it all starts. It all starts right here with that thought. What are you thinking about? What are you thinking about? Are you thinking about all the things you're afraid of? And then you wonder why those things are always around you? Or do you think about how you want to see the world? Are you thinking about something nice? Are you thinking about something you'd like to see happen? I'll bet you if you do, and you do it long enough, and you do it loud enough, and you do it clear enough, you'll start seeing those things happen. I encourage you today, today, take a moment, take two minutes, five minutes, as long as you can stand to close your eyes and think about something you would like to see happen. It could be a relationship to get better. It could be have a great place to live. It could be a job. It could be a vehicle. It could be seeing somebody be free. It could be seeing somebody uh, be healthy. But whatever it is, today, sometime maybe after the show, take a couple minutes and just think about something that you'd like to see in the world. And I'll just bet you, I'll just bet you if enough of us do this, and if enough of us think about the same thing, that somehow, some way, some of those thoughts will begin to turn into action. And I don't know how it works. I just know that it works. I know that whatever it is I think about, if I think about it long enough, and if I think about it loud enough, see it happen. So I'm going to give you all a homework assignment today to think about something that you'd like to see in the world. If you want to share something with us, pick up the phone and dial 646-929-2495. And I'd love to hear what you have to say. All right. What's another thing we can do? Well, we're going to get into some tangible things. You know, I came to this movement in a couple of ways. First way I came to this movement was when I was probably, I don't know, 14, 15 years old. When I came to discover and, and appreciate the cannabis plant. And I did it kind of blindly. I didn't know anything about it. I know I liked it. I liked the way it tasted. I liked the way it made me feel. I started growing it. I liked the way that made me feel. I probably didn't do or know much more than that. But I did know that. I thought it was a good thing. So I did more of it. I grew it more. I smoked it more, I started doing things with it. I began extracting it. I began making things with it. I began sharing those things that I made with it. I began studying it. I began making medicine. And over a time, I began sharing that with people and, and watching and listening and learning. And I became part of the movement. And when I really got deep into the movement, the first time was I had a medical marijuana collective. It was a dispensary in Barton Grove. And we set up at a time when there was a lot of gray area. We had spent a lot of energy trying to do everything right and get lawyers and, and, and advice and all of this stuff and all these people that we believe knew better than we did. And we had the code enforcement and the cops come in and they inspected and saw and kind of put up with us. They didn't necessarily like it, but they agreed that we kind of had a right to be there. 
And then the city of Garden Grove decided that they wanted to pass an ordinance banning the things that we were doing, that we'd been doing for a year. And that's when I said, well, that's not cool. We're already doing it. And you're going to tell us we can't do it anymore. We've already set up. We've already invested. We've already committed to the community. We've already become part of the community. Caused no harm and did a lot of good. And so for the very first time, I became somewhat of an activist outside of personal issues. I've already taken on plenty of issues prior to that, but this was for some of the cannabis world. And I showed up at city council and began public speaking. And I wasn't that good at it. And I don't, well, I don't know if I'm any good at it today, but I did it. I felt that I had to. I felt that it was important. And I gathered around more people to help as well. That's something I seem to be able to do, bring people together. Let people know, I believe in this. This is important. This is strong. This is something that we need to do. Come on. I'll do it with you. We got people together. We began a campaign. And we had some benefit to doing it. We ultimately lost, but because we'd been there before, we had some kind of rights as a grandfather situation. Ultimately, when I got raided and charged with felonies and all of this crazy stuff, that's how I jumped in knee-deep and started the Human Solution International. And then I became a defendant. When I got charged with crimes and I became a defendant, I made a decision to stand and fight. I believed, as so many things I believe, I wear on my sleeve. I don't hide it. I'm not afraid of it. I'm not shy about it. I was not doing anything wrong. I was doing something I should have been able to do. And I was doing something that caused nobody harm, and in fact, it helped so many people. And I was able to get people to stand with me. And I was able to stand my ground and, and, and not give up, even though... Lots of bad things happened. We got locked up and, and uh, raided twice and lost everything. They took everything I ever had. But people rallied around me. Good, good and kind and wonderful people helped hold me up so I could fight. And some of those people are still with me today. And that's what causes me to keep fighting. Because I won my battle but there's still so many people today, right now, fighting battles. So one thing that you can do, you can do this one thing all by yourself, is if you find yourself in a spot where you're being charged with a crime, stand up. Stand up and fight. And go find a group like us, the Human Solution International. We'll help you find somebody. Be there with you. We'll be there with you. It's something that you can do. It'll make a difference. If enough of us stand up and fight, we can push this thing over. So there's two things. Think some good thoughts and stand up and fight as a defendant. Now we got a little treat on our hands and a wonderful person, person who helped me out personally in my time of need more than once. And I've watched this person help so many people over the years. And uh, she has such a big heart, and she's become a family member, not just a good friend, but really a family member. Miss um, Dee Dee Kirkwood um, is here, and she's got something to say. And remember, if you've got something to say, you want to join the conversation, pick up your phone and dial 646-929-2495. Dee Dee Kirkwood, my friend, how are you doing today? Hi, Joe. Thank you for that beautiful introduction. Uh, well, well I'm doing you. great. Yeah, uh, I love you too. You know, I'm always nervous to talk on the phone, but um, uh-huh. <clears throat> I would just like to start off by saying that I have never been one to stand up and fight for anything. Because when I grew up, uh, 
in my specific growing up, I had to do what my mother wanted because I needed her love. So she was a people pleaser and I was a people pleaser. And no matter what opinion I had, it was never about me saying anything bad. It was always agreeing. And uh, so that I have been involved with you giving me Michael Thompson to take your place in your stead to carry on his fight for freedom. I became, well, I also have to say that I was married for 18 years and I was, I was an abused wife. I could almost cry when I say that. But that was also part of me not being able to stand up. So right now that I have continued to stand up for Michael, it's like every day it's like, oh, my God, I got, I got to write the governor. I got to talk to this lawyer. I got to talk to that person. I got to talk, and I just talk myself into it, and I just keep going. But all of a sudden, I feel like I'm standing up for something. And this is something that I've wanted my whole life to have it be like a real something I stand for. So I wanted to thank you, Joe, for creating that opportunity for me. It is life-changing and continues to be life-changing. And I would never have had this personal growth. It had to be specifically exactly, I had to put on the play, then I had to meet Patrice Mahoney, and then I met Tom Corby, and Tom Corby said, you must join the Human Solution. And at that time, I didn't even know there was a such thing as people in prison for pot or people being separated from their children for pot or for life for pot. So that was my aha moment. And that pretty much came from all you, Joe, and you have taught me uh, how to stand up. So you can imagine my internal workings, how good I am feeling about myself, even though this is all like I have not stopped fighting, but I'm like thinking to myself, wow, Didi, I think you're, you're standing up now. So it has been a personal and spiritual journey uh, that really started with Patrice, Tom, and you, Joe. And what could I do? I mean, there were times that I never knew what I was doing. I am still, I still never know what I'm doing, but I just would not give up because what was I going to say? It's too hard? No, I'm sorry, Michael. It's not what I expected. Or Joe, I'm sorry. Can you find someone else? That I could never do that. So I just had to keep going. Because I said yes to you. So this is where I've landed. And I swear, everything is pointing now towards, oh, my God, I hope the worst is over. He was like six, 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 nothing, everything crossed. And, the, but, you know, and the prosecutor, all those stories. So he came so close. And then he went back to zero again. And now he's working his way out of that hole. He's hopeful. He's very positive. He's very optimistic. He's feeling better, and he is sure that he is going to be free very soon. So that's where we are right now. That is the update. And I thank you, Joe, for this journey that you have set me on, and it's not over yet. And I hope we will all be celebrating very soon together. Yes. The well, end. I, I am banking on it, and I'm expecting it, and I know it's going to happen. And, you know, Didi, it's, it's so funny because um, you, I think, underestimate what impact you've had on so many people. I have people that come to me all the time and they tell me that something you said inspired them and something you did inspired them and got them to, to get out there and do a little more and do a little something. And I think that that's kind of the key to all of this is, is most of the time when you just, you know, you're not thinking about, um, you're not thinking about what other people are thinking. You know, it's, it's one of these things like, you, you know, these people out there that are antagonistic and causing problems and always everybody, you know, they're worried about what everybody's thinking and saying and this and that. And those generally are people that have pretty low self-esteem, I think. And they're, they're, they're only worried about what other people are thinking rather than what they're doing. And when somebody just decides that something needs to be done, and it doesn't matter why, like in your case, you were, you were motivated by um, a commitment. Really, I think that's what it came down to is you took this, yeah. you took this burden from my shoulders and, and, and it was 
you, you took it for the seriousness that it was. And I, I, I thank you so much for that because you know how many people that have, that have offered to help me in so many ways and then just disappeared? <laughs> I got a list I could build a wall to, to the moon. And, and yet you're in this small list of people that said, I want to help, and you actually did. And now I keep looking at this body of work you've got, uh, of all the connections you've put together, the network you've built, the, the, the support, the, you know, you have, you have done so much work in places that I've never been and, and, and didn't have connections because you just kept going. You were fearless in the sense of once you decided that this was important enough to do, you just found the next thing to do and you just got out there and did it. And you are a perfect example of the power of one. And I've met very few people in my life that have accomplished as much as you have when they set their mind to doing something and just staying at it and continuing on. And you've got that, uh, um, you don't have that off switch, kind of like me. You have, uh, once yeah. you say something's going to happen, you just stay at it until you get it. So I, um, exactly. I am Stars profoundly yep. affected and impressed with that. And that is the example. You know, when Gandhi said, be the change you want to see in the world, you exemplify that, and if if, uh, if we had more people that were willing to just do what they said and, and, and find something important to, to stand up for that's, you know, maybe somebody who doesn't have um, the free will that you have, that's somebody that's being oppressed in some way, shape, or form, and you can take on a cause, most definitely you're, you exemplify what can be done. And I tell you what, Didi, I feel strongly yeah. that this year, in 2020, regardless of what happens with all this craziness in the world, I believe that you and me and Michael Thompson are going to share a meal on the outside of Muskegon, and we're going to be uh, talking about what's the next thing we want to do because he's a free man. So I'm looking forward to those That's days. That's beautiful. That's beautiful. Well, Joe, it's teamwork all the way. And even people that aren't able to take such action because of their own circumstance, just thought just the positive thoughts that does so much. So we are all I just have to say that. So I am doing what I can, Absolutely. but I think everybody's positive thoughts, they are very vital. All right, Joe. I love you. Thank you. All right. Judy. Well, all I right. Love you so much. Yes. Stay safe and yes. healthy and I will talk to you very soon. Yeah. Absolutely. Thank all you right. so much for all you do. Okay. Bye-bye. Likewise. All right. Judy Kirkwood folks. I, uh, I've never or seldom met anybody that I respect as much as I respect Dee Dee. Um, just, just an incredible individual. So on that note, we're, we are running low on time, and I believe I see Tom Corby just called in, and uh, I'm going to probably give him the last five minutes of the show, which gives me two minutes left. And I have this whole list of things to talk about. i got a whole bunch of notes, uh, just things that came to my mind, and, and it keeps going about the power of one. But I just go through a couple of things, and, and these are things that, you know, I've noticed. And, you know, tough times bring out the best in some people, and I've noticed that um, there are some folks that have means that are doing meaningful things right now. Uh, I've heard different celebrities and, and people that have means that have donated substantially to uh, provide meals and, and, and necessary goods. And, you know, what if all these folks that, that get honored by humanity, that, that people that people come to watch them perform and play and, 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 and do all these things, what if they were to give back equally? You know, have you ever seen a performer, you know, thank their fans and, and be so humbled by that. Well, you know what? You got humbled and you got rich. Maybe you could help out. Maybe there's something that you could do. That's what one thing every single one person that has the ability can do. Um, make a difference. Um, I'm going to lay out just a couple of things that I think are most important. Um, and I think if more of us did that, I think it would change the world in a most dramatic way. There's a thing that they call the butterfly effect, and that's just a simple concept that everything we do, every, every, 
every vibration we emit, every breath we take, every thought we think, every every sound that comes out of our mouth, every word we speak, every action, it just sends out waves of effect. And it's affecting things all along the way. And every single thing that happens is affecting things all around the world and all into the universe. And so think about those things that you're doing. Imagine if you're spending your time being honest and kind and loving and thoughtful and positive. Smile. When was the last time you smiled? Hopefully it happens all the time. Maybe laugh. Maybe make somebody laugh. Tell them a joke. Make a funny face. What if you were to do that? What if that got contagious? What if that got contagious like this stupid virus? What if we all started being nicer to each other? That's something could happen. That's something you could do just by yourself. What if we all started telling the truth? You know, they say people lie a lot. Most people lie most of the time. People are friggin' liars and tell you anything. What if we started telling the truth? What if that became important? Think the world would change? I think it might. What if we decided to start just doing what we said? Do you know how many people have come to me and said, I want to help you? Did they mean it? Maybe. Did they help? Maybe for a little while. Did they stop? Yeah, most of them. Most of the people that have come to me at one point that said, I want to help you, did for some period of time, or didn't, but currently don't, most of the people, historically. Sure, I still got a lot of people helping. Need a lot more. What if we just decided, like Didi, when you say you're going to do something, what if we just said, well, I said I was going to do it, so I'm going to do it. After it's fun, after it's exciting, after the thrill is gone, when it becomes work, what if we decided, well, you know what, I said I was going to do that, so I'm just going to do it because it was important enough to do. Or get somebody else to do it for me. Or... Make arrangements to not do it anymore in a way that's not just dropping the ball. So I think that if we were to do that, have that characteristic, that might change things as well. And I think if we were just to be a little bit more loving. The last time you said I love you to somebody and meant it. You know, in this days of isolation, physical and social distancing, I think that there's a disconnect that's happening and getting more as people are strapping on masks and gloves. Um, they're looking away from each other more, I think. And I think that we're people, people need a human connection. We need to be loved. We need to love. It's part of why we're here. It's part of why we do what we do. It's important. So maybe take a moment and be kind to somebody. Maybe call somebody up. Maybe get on a video conference and just say some nice things. Just put out some positivity out there. I think it would make a difference. Anyways, I've got two minutes left. We're going to bring up Tom Corby. I hope you have all found this interesting, insightful, hopefully inspiring, and hopefully some of you guys can decide to pass it on. Let's see what old Tom Corby has to say today. Mr. Tom Corby, how are you doing today? Welcome to the show. Uh Hello. Joe, that's a loaded question at my age. I'm generally not a man of brevity, but today I must be. I've I've contracted just a dry throat, and I believe it's allergies. Uh, Frank and and Ann's here today, and he told me that you get the dry throat allergies too, and, and I'm taking your... Uh, terrific product here. The the CBD drops, thousand milligrams. I'm sure it's helping me. Also, your FICOs. And I want to thank you and Liz for your your superb products that are helping me through this. Also, everything else I'm doing uh, to get through the day. Uh, as you well know, and D.D. Kirkwood's been here, and that have that uh, I live in 
downstairs in the man cave, so I'm pretty much isolated. Although we all know, statistically, when we get in our mid-70s, we're more apt to contract it, no matter. So all we can all do out there is everything we can to build our immune system. And again, so important to alkalize your body. Disease cannot live in an alkaline environment. Donna's mom, hope she's listening today, lived to be 102 and a half years old. At 101, when I interviewed her, I already knew what she's going to say. The most important thing you can do is get out of that acid state and alkalize your body. She went on a vegetarian diet. She always had her own garden, and uh, that's how we can build our immune system and exercise. I have a stationary bike inside here. Try to get out, take a walk when the wind's not blowing us over. (laughs) And uh, we all must come together right now and uh, join hands. Uh, Put our wrists aside. Uh, This is not political. Uh, This is just what we do. Uh, I never thought in my wildest dreams in all my years uh, that I'd ever see this day. Uh, and yes, we must take it seriously. Let's that say also that we don't want to panic. Uh, we must find a balance, and it's okay, uh, you know, to get in gear and get, and get isolated as much as you can and clean as you can and drink in the hot water and lemon. I like honey in it. I've got coconut oil here. Uh, I put all this stuff in there with turmeric, and I drink it hot with hot hot water throughout the day. Those are some of the things you can do uh, to prevent uh, this virus. Uh, Of course, uh, we don't want to be touching our face. Uh, Mask, I like masks. I have a really good mask, actually, with filters. Uh, what main thing uh, the scientists are pointing out that, that, that so you're not touching your face. Uh, some of the things that we can do and not do. Yeah, so I'm here with my good friends, uh, you know, Frank and Ann and Nick Moran uh, here down here in the man cave. Uh, when they busted Don and I, and they drug me through here in the police report. They called this the man cave that Joe knows well. I'd rather be a, uh, a man, a caveman, than a policeman. How's that? Find <laughs> uh, some light in it all. Uh, so, Frank, I want to say a little something today. Hello. Shout out to everybody. Stay safe out there. Love you guys, Joe. Thanks for everything you guys are doing. Yes, and Nick, Nick, Nick Grant. And the coffee book. Coffee party radio show, and of course, Joe and Lisa and Becca all on the front line coming together, joining hands, and uh, helping be the solution to end prohibition. Uh, uh, yes, uh, that's our bottom line goal and vision. And again, don't forget to breathe. Uh, Frank and Ann and, and Nick Grant had the uh. To, uh, well, actually, they had cases up here in Butte County, and Joe will tell you that when we when we take them to trial, and we saw the probable cause dismiss motion at them, and uh, all the cases will finally uh, go away. Uh, if we take them to trial, they just can't do it. And we've proved that in Northern California with, with the support with uh, so many. And, of course, the Human Solution International always. Uh, thank you again all today. And uh, Donna say we're doing our best we can. And we're trying to remember to just breathe. Thank you all today. All right. Thank you so much, Tom and, uh, and Nick and Frank and everybody up there in NorCal. And I uh, look forward to... Seeing everybody get healthy and get together again uh, sooner than later.
All right, everybody, it's been a good uh, show, and that's it for this week. We want to thank you all for being here. Keep yourself safe. Make a decision today to maybe exercise your power of one. Maybe pick up and decide to do something a little bit extraordinary. Let's see what old Willie's got to say about it all, and we will see you next week. Hi, I'm Willie Nelson, and the Willie Nelson Teapot Party and I endorse The Human Solution, supporting cannabis prisoners because no one should go to jail for a plant. Little things I should have said and done, you were always on.